Uh, beloved, we're glad to see you back in the house. And so again, let's thank God again for everyone that's here on this afternoon. Would you just thank you? Uh, clap your hands. Don't, don't thank your hands, but clap your hands. Amen. Glad to see all of you guys. All of you ladies and gentlemen here this afternoon, to all of our virtual listeners, again, we're excited to have you. As always, it's always a blessing to have you. To all of our members that are tuned in around the world right now, again, we thank with you, our, our in-city listeners, uh, our listeners across uh, the country. I want you to know that we are certainly appreciative for you and for everyone that's tuned in, our friends and loved ones around the world, wherever you are, uh, California and Florida and back this way. Uh, again, we want you to know that we are appreciative for you. Uh, God is such a good God, and uh, he can do anything but fail, and uh, I don't need a whole lot of amens on that. I can shout on that by myself, because I know for myself that God is good. Why? Because he's been good to me, and you may not admit it, but I can tell you this about your own self. He's been better to you than you've been to your own self, all right? And so if you combine all the people that has been gracious to you, they'll never even come halfway close to the goodness of God. And so we thank God again for all of you uh, that are with us. Again, to all of you that pray for the Brooks family. Uh, again, as they celebrate the life of a cousin on today at Paradise, again, I want to say we thank you for your prayers, whatever you did. I want you to know we are appreciative uh, for whatever you have done. Uh, to our loved ones, again, our friends and loved ones, again, we're thanking God for healing and restoration. Uh, Sister Madeline Wilbrandt uh, was ill uh, for a minute. You may remember about three weeks ago, uh, she was ill. Her daughter was here and then to take off and go back home. And as my understanding that she's now doing much better. And so, again, we thank God for his healing power. Uh, we thank God again for healing her. She was on the broadcast on Sunday. I didn't get a chance to give her a shout out, but we want her to know that we are thanking God for answered prayer. To all of you, there's so much going on, and with very limited time, I want to make sure I maximize that um, with you. Again, those of you that are watching us, like and share. Would you could please like and share? I know we tell you that all the time, but that's critical. This is an evangelistic medium that we use to witness to other people. All right. So it's important to like and share. When you share it, you're telling everybody connected to your Facebook page, hey, check us out. Uh, our pastor's on. We're doing some phenomenal things. All right. So keep liking and sharing. I want to make sure we reiterate that um, with you. Uh, let's not forget our friends and loved ones that have lost uh, a loved ones. I've said that already. So let's continue to pray for them. Um, and the next week or two, um, all of our children will be back in school. And so uh, it is our uh, prayer that the first Sunday in September, uh, during communion, uh, right after communion, that we're going to be praying for all of our children. Whether you're in elementary or middle school or high school, parents, if you could, make sure that your children show up so that we can pray for them. And then, uh, I said it before, I'll say it again, if you have a skill set in history, English, geography, science, math, whatever it may be, I would like ultimately at some point to set up a study center, 
uh, right in the fellowship hall so that if our kids have issues, we've got some people that will be here that will help them. So if that's something that you want to do, we certainly want you to just raise your hand so that we can do it. Uh, you know, like Sister Hen, I know you're good at calculus, and so when our kids get in calculus, you know, we'll make you aware of that. And, uh, you know, Brother Sewell is good at chemistry. And so, you know, we get some kids good in chemistry, we'll make you aware of that. Um, and, you know, Sister Blanche Williams and Sister McRae is good at trigonometry. And so when we get some kids good at that, we'll let them know that too. All right. So, again, we're thankful for all of you. I want to keep saying this over and over again. Sometimes it's redundant, which is what I intentionally try to be. Pray for our kids. I cannot say that enough. I know you're saying, but Reverend, my kid has grown. No, every child that goes to this church is your child. Every child. And we've got to pray for them because, you know, they're again, they're in such a very tense and tough environment. Um, there are sexual pressures. There's pressures to conform. There's pressures to be respectful and disrespectful. There are kids carrying guns, kids talking about things afterwards that don't resemble us. You know, if we said there was going to be a fight, it was a fight. It was just, you know, two people fighting. Now when it's a fight, it's like 15 on one. All right. And fighting is not like it used to be. When they fight now, they fight to kill you. They fight to maim you. I dare you to knock this stick off my shoulder. That was back in the day. I dare you to cross this line. I double dog dare you. I triple dog. That was it. That's not the way they fight now. And so there again, we've got to pray. The pressure is immense. And so we've got to make sure that we encourage, again, the parents. But we also got to make sure that we encourage, again, all of you. All right? And so that's our purpose. So let's keep doing that. Uh, it's critical. Uh, coming up in about two months in November, we start again, um, again, uh, our harvest giving. I want to just forewarn you in advance that we're going to start in November. We're going to culminate in April of next year. Um, and it is our intent that when April comes next year, we're going to be shouting because whatever little bit we have that's left, we will be paying that off. Amen to my own self. All right. So, again, prayerfully consider what you can give. Start giving in November, and we will, again, go at it. Now, if you're like me, you never stop giving. All right. So, you know, for us, we've never stopped giving. From the minute we started until we finished, we will be giving. That's just the way we do it. I hope that's the way you do it as well. It's critical as we move forward. So, again, keep doing what you do, okay? So those are some of the things that's going on, again, in our neck of the woods. Again, asking your prayers. Uh, Friday, uh, the prayer piece will be pre-recorded. So if you run into some difficulties, I'm not sure why a couple weeks ago uh, that you had some challenges, but usually even when it's pre-recorded, Okay, they figured it out. So whatever the issue was, you'll still be able to uh, chime in. Um, so we're pre-recording because our, our, our technology crew, our engineers, will not be here on uh, Friday. And so if you want to be a part of it, uh, obviously we're going to try to record it tomorrow afternoon so that it's ready for Sunday. But you can still type in your comments and connect with it tomorrow. Coming up uh, September 17th. Uh, again, as operations dry bottoms, and again, I want to continue to reiterate, uh, thanks to you, we are making tremendous progress 
on getting those diapers out. It's always astonishing to me, and I say this, um, and I say this to you, and I know you say the same thing. It's amazing that when things are free, uh, all you got to do is show up. You want somebody to bring it to you. That's amazing to me. Okay, and won't get out the car, won't get out the bed to come get what's free. Okay, let me just say that to myself because that don't look like that phase any of y'all. That makes sense to you? Okay, you call, we tell you what your appointment is, you tell you what time to be here, and you don't show up, and then you forget, and then you wants to bring it to you. Well, no. No. It shouldn't work like that. Okay, so I think it's critical to understand anybody that makes that commitment, you know, you need to understand why we do what we do. Um, I think it's critical that this is a ministry, and, you know, we do this because of your giving, and so the people that are recipients of it ought to be grateful enough at least to get here to receive it. I think that's real critical. Okay. So as we go through that, again, keep that in mind. In September, there's a couple things happening. Uh, September 18th, uh, we start full-fledged back in our classes. I can't tell you how excited I am, I am about that. We've got some new recruits on board with us ready to teach. Uh, again, the classes are starting to fill up. Um, if you remember New Life, prior to COVID, we were strong 100-plus in classes, and that's adults. And so we anticipate that we're going to be there again. Uh, we may have to kind of gang up on some of y'all because y'all ain't turned y'all forms in yet. But by the 18th, we expect to have those numbers back up there um, so that we can be ready to get back in our classes, okay? So we're looking forward to that. Uh, any of you, there is some, I'm sorry, the very next day, very next day, Deacon York, Sister Blanche Williams, the 19th. The very next day, the recovery program will start again. And to that, I say, yay, yippee, and I'm looking forward to that. A lot of you have been asking about it. And so the, the Monday after the 18th of September, the recovery program will start again here. So, again, looking forward to that. Um, and so let's pray again that that uh, win souls and help people um, as they continue to move forward. So, again, some good things going on. The, the notes... For those of you that are watching virally, uh, are on our website, all you have to do is simply go to the website. You can download them. Um, everything that we give out uh, is repetitious, um, so we want you to be aware of that. Uh, everything we give out now, we've been giving it out every week. And so at this point, we're going to take a pass on printing any more because we've given you at least you know, half a gazillion sheets of paper with the same information. And we forget it every week. All right? Uh, not some people, though. You know, we ain't talking about some people. We just talking about what we talk about, just so people don't think we talk about them. All right. Uh, if you want to register for the classes, you can go to our website. If you're a viral listener, uh, watcher, you can go to our website. You can see it right there, www.newlifelcm.com, and you can be a part uh, of our classes. Right now, we have three classes that will be virtual. Uh, one is discipleship, one is the book of Ephesians, and the other is the Holy Spirit. Okay, and so when we see the numbers swell there, we will then move to the process of uh, getting the other rooms weaponized so that we can invite them in just as well. So that's what's going on here at New Life. The community garden is still open and available. If you need some greens, some bell peppers, um, uh, Sister Meekins, what else we got over there? Okra, squash. 
Okay, cucumbers gone. Uh, bring some of them back, Sister Henry. You know you weren't supposed to get all of them. <laughs> Cabbage. Okay. Now I was just kidding about Sister Henry. Y'all know that, right? All right. All right. So there's a bunch of stuff still over there. And again, it's there for the taking. Uh, again, all we ask you to do is leave some for somebody else. Uh, again, that's the purpose. It's a community garden. So be aware of that. Uh, the last thing I'll leave you with, uh, there is some hand sanitizer that we ordered two and a half years ago. And so when you look at it, I think it does have a date on it. Um, so it might be outdated, but we did set it out in case you want to take it with you. It's in the fellowship hall. Um, I think it did say that the date of expiration on it was 2022. Or it might have been 2021. But nonetheless, we set it out. If nobody wants it, that's fine. Pardon me? Okay, well, there you go. Okay, so if you want it, it's in there. Um, you know, we just want to make sure it was available so that anybody that needs some extra, it's available. COVID is still on the rise. All right, COVID is still on the rise. So, again, I, I know some, I hear we're COVID weary still. I mean, the, the first lady of the United States just got, just tested positive again. Okay. Um, and so if the two most secure people on the planet can catch it, okay, you get the point. All right, so hey, again, thanks for all of you. I'm flankered by, again, uh, two of the world's most uh, foremost theologians par excellence uh, in theology, in the person of Deacon Damon Yancey and Reverend Christopher Tatum, who's with us on today. And again, uh, we've got Deacon James R. York. And the R stands for ready. Uh, he's in the bullpen. Uh, so, again, he's always ready, Brother Raz, at any given moment. And I know at any given moment, if, if Deacon York ain't ready due to a strain, uh, Sister Blanche Williams, uh, Sister Evelyn Sutton, uh, Sister Hen, they'll be ready to just run up here and take this place and just get at it. See, that's the way our church is. I mean, for real. Our church is always ready. We ain't got to be worrying about I mean, if these two guys right here decide to just, hey, we ain't going to make it today, I know I can pull at least five of y'all right now. It's as many. And y'all would just come up here and just go at it just like nothing. All right. So, again, thank, thank God for being ready. The Bible said be y'all so ready, right? All right. All right. See, Brother Raz is sitting back there in the refrigerator section because he liked the refrigerator. And so we're grateful for him to have the refrigerator part, and that's cool. Uh, to all of you, again, we're grateful. Again, we're on this piece entitled uh, Spiritual Warfare, How Do You Fight Against the Advent? I'm just kind of paraphrasing the title. Uh, again, uh, everybody knows Ephesians, I believe it's chapter number 6. I'm going to run over there real quickly because, again, I want to make sure that I'm right in the right place. Um, I, I want to remind you that you do have a way you can fight the devil, all right? And I want to, again, keep this in mind as we go forward. Let me make sure I'm in the right uh, place there. I could be, um, yep. Um, and so it says this in Ephesians chapter number 6, beginning with verse number 10. Here's what it says. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, finally, this is the NIV version, New International Version, so it might be a little bit different. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So what is the first thing that God is telling us to do? Be strong in what? Okay. Be strong in the Lord and what else? In his what? 
or in the power of his might. But then he gives us a directive in verse number 11. In verse number 11, he says, do what? Put on what? The full armor of, of God. Why are you putting that on? In verse 11. So that you can do what? So you can take your stand against the devil. All right? Now, it's critical for us to understand that. Okay, many of us, and I said this before, I'll say it again, many of us leave the house naked every day. Why? Because we don't have the full armor on. All right? And now, notice now, it says put on the full armor of the Lord. It's God's armor. All right? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then it goes a step further, and this is where you really got to pay attention. Uh, in verse, uh, I think it's verse number 12, it says, for our struggle... In verse 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against what? It's against principalities, against what else? Uh-huh, keep going. Okay, what else? Keep going. Okay, you do know that's Satan's army, right? It says, look, our struggle is not against a man. Our struggle is against demonic spirits. Now, we said, since Diane, before that this demonic spirits are what? They are in actuality what? That is fallen. They are angels that made a willful choice to leave glory when Satan got kicked out. Now, that's to show how much influence is hidden that Satan had, that Satan influenced them to follow him straight into hell. That shows you how dumb they was to some degree, okay? But it also tells you how much influence he had that he was able to convince, there again, he was able to convince a third of the angelic beings to walk away from God and follow him, okay? And so there again, it says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, uh, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Watch verse 13. Okay? And then verse 13 gives us a directive. Verse 13. It says, therefore, here it is again. Therefore, do what? Why do you think God said that a second time? Okay, it's important. And sometimes because we just don't flat out listen. He says, put, therefore, put on. He says, as a result of or in, the word therefore means as a result of or in response to. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes. Now, don't, you know, everything, I tell you, everything has purpose. So, it says, so that when the day of evil comes, which means what? It's coming. All right. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It says, you may be able to stand what? Your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, all right, after you've done everything, you can't, you got the arm on, now you got to do just hold your ground. And then he tells us what the armor is in verse 14. In verse 14, he says, stand firm then, right, with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist, all right. Then he says uh, in, in uh, that same verse, he says, with the breastplate of righteousness, in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You got to know that gospel so that you don't lose your sense of direction. 
All right. In verse 16, it says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. So let me just ask a question. How, how big is your faith? Because, see, if you got little faith, and I want to say this, and please get this in the right perspective. I know the Bible says, and I, Deacon York, I think I called us this before. I'll call it again. You know, the Bible does say if you have period faith, you can move mountains. I did tell you all period faith, right? Okay. Faith as the size of a mustard seed. But I want to I want to kind of expand this thought of the shield of faith because let me just give you an example. All right. So here's my faith right here. Let me get back up. Here's my faith. So how many darts do you think this is going to stop from hitting me? Any? I'm going to be doing this all day. You know. Uh-uh. So what has to happen is my faith has to increase. So I have to go from this to having faith like this to then adding on to my faith. And the more I add on, it protects me even more. And that's the thing we have to understand about our faith. Your faith has to grow so that at the end, when you, and, and listen, understand now, Satan ain't going to always play patty cake with you. Okay, he's going to test you. Okay, because he wants to see how strong you are. Okay, y'all remember the bully? When the bully said, if you don't give me your milk money, and you just find say, you know what? Man, we're going to have this out because you ain't getting another nickel from me. Remember that? At some point, you got to take your stand with Satan and say, you know what? I, I'm so sick of you. I didn't have enough of you. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And you got to have enough faith that when you say them words, it's done. All right. Now, it's a growing process. I get that, says Gary, says Wafer. I get that. But at some point, when you going to get there? Because remember now, we just finished this piece on God stretching our faith, that sometimes we're in a stretch zone. And I believe, I could be wrong, there are still people flunking faith. Okay? And so at some point, you've got to build your faith. To the point where when you're going through some, oh, no, this ain't nothing but the devil. <laughs> Man, and no, I know what's going on. All right? And so, therefore, I know what to do now. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke Satan. God, give me strength to stand strong in this time of adversity. I will not relent. I will not quit. I will hang in there until my change comes. I already got the victory. So, God, right now, even though I'm crying, let me run around the house to let you know I'm celebrating while I'm crying because I know the victory is already mine. All right. And even when doors are closed in your face, you're still in God's hands. So, you got to understand that. So, he tells us at the end of the day, he tells us in verse Number 14, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, he says this. He says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, 16, uh, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish what? Okay, what does all mean? Everything. Everything that the devil throws against you. All right? And then finally... And verse 17, which is one of the most critical parts, he says in verse 17, he says, take the helmet of what? And what else? Okay, which is the word of God. The helmet. My mind is protected. I, my mind is, I know I'm saved. I know I can't go to hell. Believe it or not, uh, Sister Watkins, there are some believers that believe you can lose your salvation. You can't. 
For God, so John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him. Wait, stop. Y'all, I'm going to give y'all a ticket. Y'all driving too fast. What, what did it say? That whosoever believeth in him, what? Oh, oh, wait, wait, uh, wait. That's the second ticket now. Y'all can go to jail on the third one. Shall not. What does that mean? You shall never, ever, 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 ever perish. Okay? So stop letting Satan and, and, and unlearned believers tell you you can lose your salvation. The devil is a lie. The Bible says that when God gives us something, he does not, he does not repent. How God going to save you and then let you get unsaved? It don't even make sense. If God cannot save you, then God is a lie. Okay? And let me help you. John chapter 10, verse number uh, 28, 29, and 30. I've used it as an analogy before that at the end of the day, the Bible tells us that we are saved, right? The Bible tells us we saved. All right, y'all want some candy? Nope, nope, nope. All right, thank you. All right. All right. So, you know, I told you that the Bible says you save, right? So the candy represents you. But what's around the candy? Okay, but what does the wrapper represent? Okay, starts with an H. And the next word starts with an S. Thank you. All right. So, and so, you know, the candy is you with your sweet self. And the paper represents the sealing of the Holy Spirit. All right. The Bible says that when I accept him, I'm sealed until the day of redemption. That's in James chapter number one, in case you want to try to find it. So I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity, right? Okay, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So, do you think the Holy Spirit got as much power as God? They're all the same. Yeah. So, they all got the same what? They all got the same power, right? So, if I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit, who can break the seal? Nobody. And so, in John chapter number 10, verse 28, look at this. I want you to see this now. Jesus say, I give them. Not your mama, not going to some class, not some church, not some bishop, not some prophet, not some evangelist, not some super apostle, apostle if you will. He said, I give them eternal life. Look at this word. And they shall what? Never. Never perish. Now watch this now. Now look at the other part of that text because then it says, no one shall do what? Okay, so first of all, I'm sealed. The second thing we just discovered is I'm in Jesus' hand, right? Now, watch verse number 28, because verse 20, uh, 29, rather, because verse 29 says, him says this, my father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them what? Out of my father's hand. So let's go back. So what Jesus is saying in essence is, first of all, you see him. Then secondly, you're in my hand, and I'm in my father's hand. So how are you going to get to me unless you go through Jesus, through God, and the Holy Spirit? And seeing that God got all power in heaven and in earth, who you think going to touch me? Nobody can touch me because don't nobody have all power. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. 
So, so when I'm saved, nobody can unsave me. I can't unsave myself unless my declaration of salvation was never authentic. If it wasn't real. When you came down the aisle just crying and boohooing and snot running down your nose and everybody clapping for you, but you didn't mean it, you ain't no saved. You ain't no more saved than this carpet is burgundy. I mean, for real. All right? And so, Sister Hinton, I believe, Brother Sims, I believe sometimes that's how people get mixed messages because we keep, we come in and we see people that really don't mean it, and then all of a sudden we see them in the liquor store. Or we see people reverting back to their ways after a period of time. God said, no, no, no. He wasn't saved from day one. Because, see, when you get saved, God says you kept by the power of God. It's not up to you to keep yourself saved. It's up to God's word to keep you saved. And God is saying to us that my word shall not return void. All right? So at the end of the day, we know that we got some armor that can protect us. All right? Now, here's some things we need to know in this outline. You know, you need to understand you're always under attack by the adversary. Always. All right? Now, you may have, everybody have a good day today? Okay, some of y'all said, naha, which is kind of like a half between yes and no. And that's all right. I mean, however you want to do it, it's your word. Okay? But the Bible says this. Um, uh, 1 Peter, chapter 5, and, and Reverend Tim, you can help me with this. I think it's 1 Peter, chapter 5, and... I want to say it is verse number 8. 1 Peter, chapter 5, verse number 8. All right? And this is what, there it is. Yep, that's it. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. All right? So everybody said, so what did it say? It said, be sober and be alert. What does that mean? Stay sharp. Be looking. Evaluate everything. Don't just let everything go into your mind without thinking about what it's saying. Now, here's another thing we need to understand. Because it's telling you that the devil is looking for somebody to take out. All right? Here's something we need. Uh, uh, Dick and Yancey, uh, James chapter number 4. Um, and uh, I think it's verse uh, number 7. Because I think people need to understand that there again, you have a way you can deal with him. Watch what it says. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil, mm. and he will flee from you. Did y'all hear that? It said, submit yourselves to God, surrender to God, and then it tells you to do what? Res what does the word resist mean? Hold back. Stand your ground. Don't give in. No matter what it looked like, you got to learn how to fight so that you can win. All right? So we told some things that the devil does. All right? The devil, the devil attacks at every time. So one of the things that we told you, if you're kind of following us in that piece, um, it's the piece entitled uh, Times That Christians Are Attacked. All right? So number one, we said after a great spiritual experience. What does that mean? A great spiritual high. Let's just say, uh, for example, uh, Sis Campbell, you had your first teaching class. All right, and you felt good. The kids were learning, and everything was going well, and you came out of class, and you was on fire and excited, and you come right out in the hallway, and somebody say something crazy. What did that just do? That took off of a what? He took off a high. 
right? And people do that to us. We got family members that call us and say crazy stuff. Uh, girl, I didn't lost, you know, praise the Lord, I didn't lost five pounds. Girl, you know you ain't lost no five pounds. Now, that was certainly, wait a minute, now, how dare you? And see, the purpose is, remember now, I told you before, Satan wants to distract, he wants to discourage, and he wants to block you from keeping your eyes on the prize. So the, the, the example that we have in this outline is Jesus Christ, because the text tells us, and you can see it in Matthew chapter 3, uh, verse number 16, somewhere in that area, Jesus is now officially getting ready to go public with his ministry, all right? He's come in, he's become baptized by John the Baptist, and look at what the devil tells us. Watch this now. Uh, Dean Yancey, uh, read that highlighted piece there for us. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. All right. Now, I said this before. Tested means that God is testing you to approve you, to expose you, and to help you draw closer to him. Tempted is when Satan tempts you again to fall away from God and indulge in fleshly desires. Here Jesus said, Jesus ain't even dry. But he's being led. Notice who's leading him. The Holy Spirit is leading him for what purpose? He knows that Satan, he knows that Jesus has to be tempted by the adversary. Now, why is that important? If Jesus is never tempted, he can never relate to us. Make sense? The Bible says Jesus is a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. He was tempted, yet he did not sin. Jesus would not be able to relate to us if he could not be tempted in the same way that you and I were tempted. So what does Satan do? Satan used the same things that we break our necks to try to get to try to tempt Jesus Christ. So the first thing happens, what did he do? He takes, this is a spiritual high for Jesus. This is one of the second times in the history of mankind where there is a cameo appearance by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's right there in the outline. It says when Jesus had been baptized just as he came out the water, the heavens opened up to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son. All right, God is saying, look, that's my boy. I'm proud of him. And the minute he got that, what happened? Satan attacked him. Why am I telling you that? Okay, you just started coming to Bible study and you happy about that. You're going to get home and somebody going to attack you. Or they're going to tell you you don't need to go. It was boring. You know, the only person is boring to a person that ain't hungry. Okay? But the Bible says study. The Bible says his word is sweeter than a honeycomb. So either you used to eating stuff that ain't good for you so that when you finally do eat good stuff, I know I'm in the right place because y'all know how we do right. Can I just help some of y'all right quick? Because you notice, notice when we go to the hospital, y'all can't wait to leave the hospital. Why is that? Because you don't like the food. Well, what's wrong with the food? It's healthy. It ain't got enough salt. Ain't got no seasoning. They don't cook it the way 
See, I use a whole can of lard. They, they don't use that no more. They air fry everything. I got to have a little grease in my stuff. You know, I would need my bread to be so greasy that it turned brown before I eat my meat in there. Y'all remember them days? Okay, y'all ain't going <laughs> to. I got to have me a pop. Uh-uh, water, no. Give me a, give me a Pepsi. I need a pep. I need the sweetest soda pop you got out there. And I got to have two pieces of cake. All right. And then after that, I'm going to sit down for a minute, but I got to have something to watch the TV with to wash it down. So I got to get some more pop. That, that don't represent some of y'all? Okay. All right. All right. So, so the first thing that happened was there was a great spiritual attack. What's, what's number two, uh, Remington? What's number two? Another place that Satan attacks us. At the beginning of a new spiritual endeavor. Okay. So watch this now. Go ahead and read that little piece down there. Satan also will attack when someone is beginning a new spiritual quest. Hmm. Right after Jesus was attacked by the devil. Okay, keep going. From the time Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. All right, so we know what that is. What's number three, Ding Yancey? When believers are what? When, when believers are physically vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We also find Satan coming when believers are in a weak position, mm. either physical or emotional. Jesus was attacked after he had fasted for 40 days. Now, let me ask you, if after 40 days you was hungry and Satan came and said, man, turn that stuff, would you have done it? Would you have turned? Because you're hungry, right? Right? 40 days is a long time. Huh? And so if Satan said, you know what, Jesus, I know you're hungry. I know the physical, you know, the physical side of you, the man side of you. Why don't you just turn this into some ribs? Some of y'all would have did it. Right? If he said turn it into a 16-ounce porter steak, you would have done it. If he said turn it into some uh, stuff from the crusty crab, no, not the crusty crab, uh, the tangy crab. <laughs> from the tangy crab. Y'all would have did it, right? Right? Because that's the human side of us. All right. He always attacks us when we are vulnerable. All right. Some, I mean, you at home or you've been to the house. Ain't nobody even come see me. They talking about their fire starter. Then nobody call me and pass it and come see me. And them old, them old rusty, crusty deacons, boy, they ain't worth a nickel. <laughs> you do know that Satan attacking you, right? Because then my question would be, okay, well, who did you call? Who'd you call? And if we didn't call you, why didn't you call us and say, Reverend, <coughs> Reverend, I'm in the hospital. Why you didn't call and tell us that? I mean, you can use your fake sick voice like some folks do. And what I discovered, Sis Henry, is after you talk to him, Sis Taylor, for about five minutes, all of a sudden that fake voice go away. You ever talk to somebody like that when they say they just waking up from sleep, but they really ain't sleep, but they don't want to talk to you, but you keep talking, and eventually they get to their regular voice, like, I thought you were asleep. I, went out. I was asleep. It's too late now. You busted. All right. Here's number four. So number four tells us when a believer is alone. Now, why is this critical? The Bible says, forsake not the assembly of ourselves. There are still a lot of believers right now at Bedside Baptist. Y'all know what that is? Okay. We done got to a point, says Meekins, where we don't even come, well, I can just watch it on TV. See how we now use it as an excuse? Well, you know, I just watch it on TV. Well, half the time, and I could be wrong, but half the time, you might start watching it, 
But you may walk away and start cooking or cleaning or washing your hair or doing something. And by the time you come back, worship is already over. Now, I ain't talking about none of y'all. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. But I know that's true. And so some people, what they try to do is they try to do the comment clause. Y'all know what that is? Sister McWright, you know what the comment clause is? What people do is, Sister McWright, what they do is they get on and they make one comment so you know they own, and then they go and walk away. They don't turn it off. All right? All right, I'm going to leave y'all alone. Y'all just got mad then. All right, what's, what's number four? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, Remington, what's number five? What's the subject there? From an unexpected source. All right. So all of us get attacked by somebody. And sometimes we get attacked by the very people we least expect it from. All right. Sometimes they steal from you. You never would have thought they steal. Sometimes you hear that they've said something and everybody verifies it them. Well, in Jesus' situation, he had 12 guys he had spent three years with. And Peter rebuked him from doing what he's supposed to do. And Judas betrayed him. And so all of us endure that. What's number, what's number, uh, what's number six, Deacon Yancey? Always come back and attack again. All right. So we know at the end of the day, you can rebuke Satan, but don't think that that's the end of it. Because trust me, he will be back. All right. He'll be back no matter what you say. And you see it right there in the outline, Luke 4, 13. It says, when the devil had finished every test, he departed from Jesus until another opportunity. Now, you were strong this time, but next time you might be weak. And that's what he's waiting for. All right? Notice this about lions. Lions don't live long when they're weak. When another lion senses that you're weak and vulnerable, they will flat out attack you. And remember now, the Bible says Satan is as a roaring lion, what? Looking for someone he can devour. That's why there's strength in numbers. Find another prayer warrior. Find somebody that can encourage you. Find somebody that, keep, that can keep saying, no, 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 bro, you're going to get through this. I'm trusting you're going to make it through. All right? Don't think because you rebuke Satan now. Satan will go away for a month. To Campbell, he might go away for two months. He might go away for a half year. He might go away for a year. But don't think he ain't planning some type of attack. All right? Now, anybody watch football? Anybody know what a scout is for football? What's a scout? Okay, they, they find new players. Okay, that's part of it. What else do they do? What else do a scout do? A scout. No, no, I'm talking about like a football scout. What else do they do? Okay, a scout travels to games to watch other people play. What do they do? They're watching what? They're watching what? They're watching the players. What else? They're watching all the moves of the team. Why? So they can counteract it. So if you got this one play where everybody's in what they call eye formation, he already knows how. So guess what? When you get ready to do eye formation, he has a play that's going to stop you before you cross the line. What am I saying about you? 
Satan has watched and watched you for weeks and months and years to see how you do things because he's planning a counter assault. So when you try this, he's already got something to deal with that. Anybody ever been there before? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're you going to start praying, but you ain't got nobody to pray to. You ain't got nobody to pray with. He already got a, he's, he's already got a plan for that. That's why you cannot let off your God. So here's the best defense about Satan, all right? The best defense about Satan. How do you fight Satan? Well, the first thing that we do, uh, digging in, what's the first thing that we do? That we tell people that we should not do when you're going to fight Satan. The first thing we should do is what? How to fight against Satan. Mm -hmm. don't, don't dialogue with right. the devil. Don't sit there and try to debate Satan. You ain't going to win. <laughs> right? Can I give you an example of that? Uh, Maurice Assey came here and beat everybody. Why? Because he knows the game backwards. He knows the game well enough. He can tell you every move and tell you how he's going to beat you and beat you the way he told you going to beat you. When you argue with Satan, you're arguing with somebody that has thousands of years of experience at deception, lying, being manipulative, all right? And so one of the things that you got to be careful of is debating Satan about stuff that's not biblically correct. For example, Satan will say stuff like, you know, God really ain't loving like he said, because if God really loved you, he'd love you just as you are. Okay? Now, God does love you, but he loves you with the whole idea of you becoming conformed to his image. All right? Uh, you know, God don't really love you. Matter of fact, he hate what you did. God don't love you. You lied, so God don't like you. No, no, no. God is a forgiving God, right? How are you going to sit there and argue with somebody about something that you don't know or you know is not true? Here's another one. God isn't forgiving. And so guess what? You now carry this burden on your back believing what? No, Listen, nobody could forgive you for what you did. Uh-uh, no. You cheated. You cheated. I'll never forgive you, and God will never forgive you. The devil is a lie. Uh-uh. The Bible says in 1 John 1 and 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful. I'm sorry, 1 John. Yeah, is that right, 1 John 1 and 9? If you've confessed your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Is that right? Okay, all right. Just want to make sure. So God does forgive. But the key is your forgiveness got to come from a repenting heart. So you can't just say, you know what, man, you know, I'm going to go over to your house and steal a couple of dollars and then I'm going to pray to God to forgive me later on. That's not the way it works. All right. You already know you're wrong. God is not going to forgive you when you know you're about to do something. And the Holy Spirit's job is to restrain you. OK, he's called a spirit of restraining because his goal. No, no, no. Yancey, uh, don't do that. No, you already know God going to deal with you. No, don't do that. But you do it anyway with your heart itself. So now, what, anybody remember, uh, Brother Raz, remember when y'all got whoopings when y'all was kids? Okay. Y'all remember when y'all did something wrong and your mom had told you not to do it? And you did it anyway? What did your mama say to you before she started whooping you with that switcher, that belt, that coat rack, that shoe, uh, that chair? What did she tell you? And you knew. There it is. So did it feel like that whooping was worse than the other one? It was. Why? Because you what? You knew better. 
all right? So sometimes Satan, uh, you know, the first thing we should do is don't sit there and debate with Satan. Claim the promises of God. What's number two, uh, uh, Reverend Taylor? Watch what you take into your mind. Oh, Lord. Because sometimes Satan can make you or give you this illusion that if you do this, you're going to get these results. You know, if I let it all ride on black 23. You know, back in the day, I could drink anybody under the table. I'm 79. I can drink just as much now as I could then. Okay? Uh, no. Watch what you take in your mind. Because remember, whatever you take in your mind, the scripture says, as a person thinketh, what? So is. so is he. So if you say, I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody, nobody will ever love me, God will never forgive me, guess what? That's going to saturate your spirit, and you're going to start acting like that. All right? You know, every time it get gloomy, I get depressed. So what are you telling me? Every time it get gloomy outside, what's going to happen? You see how you set that up? So now, every time it's gloomy outside, you're going to act depressed. Right? So now you're telling me, okay, when I, when I get depressed, I drink. I don't want to be around nobody. You didn't already set your mind up to act a certain way when you should have been saying, by his stripes, I'm healed. No weapon formed again. Not even gloomy days. No, no, no. On gloomy days, I'm going to find myself being around people that are happy. All right? Because I need somebody to encourage me. Say, oh, no, no, no. No, we ain't going down there. Come on. We about to go someplace right now. We about to go someplace where we both going to get happy. It's what's in your mind. All right? So to fight Satan, you got to fill your mind with stuff that's positive. Let me help you with this. Uh, help me with this, uh, again, technology crew. I think it's Philippians chapter number, let's see if we can find it. Philippians chapter number, which one is it? Sis Meekins, you know. What you laughing for? You're supposed to give me the scripture. Okay, uh, let me see. Where it says, okay, there it is. Uh, there go part of it right there. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. Watch this. Uh, didn't yes, can you read that for us? You got Philippians 4 and 8. Read down through uh, verse number, well, just read uh, verse 8 and 9, if you got it. Finally, brothers. Watch this now. Finally, brothers and sisters. Whatever is true, mm -hmm. whatever is noble, mm -hmm. whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Okay, stop right there. Now, let me go back there. Did it say whatever is a lie? Huh? Did it say whatever is gossip? Did it say whatever they say? What did it say? It said first, the first thing God puts in there is whatever is true. So what's the only thing we know beyond a shower doubt is 100% true 100% of the time. God's word. It never changes. All right. And then it says whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is trustworthy, okay, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. He says if there be any excellence, anything excellent or praiseworthy, what should you do? Okay. So that means you shouldn't waste no time having a pity party, right? 
That means you shouldn't waste no time feeling sorry for yourself. Right? A am I right? I mean, that, that is what it says. It said think about those things. It didn't say think about the fact that you just lost some money. It didn't say, it said think on those things. Now, watch why it says that. Watch verse number, watch verse number nine. Because here's the reason why you need to think about it. Watch verse nine. Whenever you have learned or received or heard from or hear from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Stop right there. What does put it into practice mean? Okay, how do you do that? You say it, what else? Huh? You keep reading it, what else? Meditate on it? Okay, put it into action, believe it. <clears throat> he said, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. That means if you believe it, start acting like it. And then here is the reward at the end of the day. What's the reward? And the God of peace will be with you. Yeah. Now, God's peace is not like man's peace. God's peace is, is such a way that even when your world has been turned upside down and inside out, at the end of the day, you still got joy. And we know that the scripture says that the joy of the Lord is my what? All right. And you got to believe that even when things happen in your life, I'm not going to listen to the devil. You, you ain't going to be able to make it without him. You ain't going to be able to make it. You was counting on his money to help you get through. You know, you about to be kicked out. You got to send your car back. Devil, shut up. The same God that took care of me when he was in my life going to take care of me right now. What, what you going to do now? You know, they, you know, they say you may have to go do chemo. You know, when people go do chemo, they lose their hair and they get sick. Shut up. I don't even care to hear that. Because at the end of the day, if it happened, I'm still in God's hands. You got to get to a point. Look, I'm sick of you. Would you please, would you kind of just get your hat and coat and leave? You don't pay no rent here anyway, so get your step in. You got to get to a point where you're not afraid to tell the devil to get the Hades out your house. Got to get to that point. Because at the end of the day, remember now, we talk about this whole idea. You got to be careful what you entertain. All right, now, I, I, now, let me say this from two perspectives, and let me say it like this. Man, Yancey, man, what's up, man? I ain't seen you in 10 years, man. You all right? Yeah, man, I'm good. Man, man, there was the days, wasn't they, man? Yeah, man, there was the day, man. Man, we was smoke a blunt, man, and be out there carrying our guns and all that stuff there. You know what, brother? Praise the Lord, I used to do that. I used to. But I've been delivered from that now. Man, I'll be in town for a couple days, man. We ought to go hang out at the Third World Lounge. Brother, Third World been cut down. It don't even exist no more. And besides, even if it did, you know, I just don't do that no more, man. I dance. I, I still dance, but I didn't change partners now. I dance with the Holy Ghost now. All right? And so I don't have a problem with people reminding me, but I always make sure I correct them that I used to. Okay, and you need to learn how to tell people what you used to do. If you stop cussing this week, but you cussed last week, say, man, I used to cuss, but thank God I used to. I don't do it no more. All right, and you got to start claiming that. Well, you know, you're getting kind of old now, and, you know, you ain't got no husband. You ain't going to have no kids. Because people will play that game on you. Like, rush and get married so you can have kids. 
No, no, no. When I get ready to get married, God going to send the queen and the king he wants in my life. All right? At that time, not until then. I'm going to hold on because I refuse to be put in a clearance aisle. Y'all to get that later. Got to be careful what you think. So a man thinketh, so is he. The Bible says, great is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Do you actually believe that? <clears throat> Do you believe that no weapon formed against you shall prosper? And every tongue that comes against you shall be condemned? Do you believe that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus? Do you believe? Uh, let's look at it because we end on this note. All right. Romans chapter 8 and look right around verse number 28. <clears throat> Somewhere in that area. I want you to see it for yourself. Because if you believe this, your whole outlook on your life, on your ministry, on your witness, on your work, on your walk is going to change completely. Watch this. I want to help you with this. Here's verse number 31. Go to verse 31. All right. No, stay there. Let's just look at that. It says, and we know what? That all what? All things. And we know that in, now, that's, that's the NIV version, so it's a little bit different. Don't get tricked by it. And we know that in all things God works for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, watch this. Verse 29, it says this. For those who God foreknew. What does the word foreknew mean? The beginning. That means before you was created, what did God do? What is that word that start with a P up there? What is that? That means that before he even created you, before your mom and daddy even knew each other, before the heavens and earth was made, God had already determined that he was going to save you. Y'all see that? And not only did he determine he was going to save you, but he was going to conform you to the image of his son, our big brother, our Lord and Savior by the name of Jesus Christ. All right. Now, that's shout new. But watch what he says in verse number, uh, verse number 30. Watch this. In verse 30 says, moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. What does justified mean? He's declared you righteous. Nobody can declare you unrighteous because he's declared you righteous. And those whom he has justified, he's already glorified. All right? Now watch verse 31. I want you to see this in verse 31. Go ahead, read that for me, Reverend Tatum. And we just kind of trade off, read. Read verse 31. Watch this. What shall we then say, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? All right, y'all see that? Now, do you actually believe that? Because if you actually believe that, you should be, your shouting volume should be on like high when you come in church on Sunday. I think we shout too quietly. Hallelujah, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh-uh, turn it, pump up the volume. Tell your neighbor, pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. On, I keep saying this, Dean York, and it ain't happened yet. I'm, I'm, look, I just got to tell you, I think on Sunday we need to break the law. Did y'all heard me? You see D back there. D laughed back. He, <laughs> D got that laugh going on. We need to break the law on Sunday. We need to break the noise ordinance on Sunday. Hallelujah. 
it ought to be so loud in here on Sunday that somebody around the church call the police and say, look, would you get over there to 1401? Them people are too loud over there. The Bible does say let everything that have breath praise the Lord, right? So we ought to make some noise. All right, now watch this now. Let me, let me look at, look, go ahead and read verse 32. Watch this. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all mm. things? Did y'all see that? If he gave us Jesus, what else? You, there is nothing more important to him than Jesus. That means everything else beyond Jesus, he said, I freely give it to you. Y'all ain't hearing me. Now watch this. Help, help me, Dean Yancey. Read, read verse uh, 33 and 34. Watch this. Now this is why you ought to be shouting. Watch this verse right here. Who, who, who shall lay anything to the charge of God you lay? Pa Paul's right there. Who can bring any charges against me? Who can condemn me for anything? Nobody can. Watch this. Why? Watch this. Read the rest of that. It is God that justifies. Mm -mm. Did y'all hear that? Yeah. It don't matter how much you try to lie and bring charges. I've already been acquitted. I've been set free. Y'all hear me? Watch verse 34. Watch this. Do we read 34? Oh, yep, there we are. There it is. Who is he that condemned? Mm -hmm. It is Christ that died. Ye brother that is risen again. Mm -hmm. Who is even at the right hand of God. Watch this now. Who, who also make Intercession. intercessions for us. Did, did y'all hear me? Did y'all hear that? Well, first of all, where is he sitting at? The right hand. All right. Now, watch this now. Do y'all remember the state, uh, the state of the union address that's given by the president? Y'all ever watch that? Okay. Okay. So when the president is standing at the, at the podium, where's the vice president at? The next person in power, right? In, in event something happened to the president, who's in charge? So God is sitting on the throne now, and Jesus is sitting at the right hand, and every time Deacon Yancey do something wrong, God looks to the right, but it can't see Deacon Yancey because all it can see is them hands with holes in them. Y'all didn't hear me. He can see, all he can see is that Deacon Yancey is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that the blood covers a multitude of sin. So anytime Satan try to accuse me, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why? Because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, we know that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Every time you do something wrong, he already up there telling God, see, God, look at Sister Hinton down there. Look at her, God. But before he can get the sister hidden, the Holy Spirit has already made intercession on her behalf to Jesus. So Jesus stands in the gap. So the only thing God can see is Jesus and not you. And so when we look at this whole thing, that's why we ought to be shouting. See, sometimes I say we don't shout loud enough and we don't shout often enough. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. All right. Now watch this now. Watch verse 35. Let me see if I can pick us up. Here's what I really want you to see. This is what you got to have in your mind. Besides all that, watch this now. Who shall separate me from the love of God? Y'all got this? Or the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, the sword? Watch this now. Keep going. Help me with this. Verse 36. 
Watch what he says. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now watch verse 37. Watch this. Nay. The word nay means what? No. In all things, we are what? So, then you what is a conqueror? Somebody that wins. All right. But how many times do they win? Okay. Says Blanche Rip. That means a conqueror never loses. It says, in all things. Okay, now let me think about this, son. So, wait a minute now. I want to make sure you get the phrase. It says, nay, in all things we are more than. So, what does that mean? What, what is a conqueror again? A person that does what, says Blanche Williams? Okay. So, whatever he is, I'm more than that. Did y'all hear me? I'm more than a conqueror. A conqueror wins everything, but I'm more than a conqueror. Right? How am I more than a conqueror? Through him that loved us. Who loved me? God does. Jesus Christ does. Now watch this now. Watch the next verse, verse 38. Watch what he says in his text. All right? For I'm, so, I'm persuaded. I'm convinced. I know that I know that I know. Can't nobody tell me anything else. All right? There's a song out there we sing that says, Satisfied with Jesus. You can't make me doubt him. Because I know too much about him. All right. So I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principal. Now, here we get, we're getting into the dark part. Principalities is who? That's part of Satan's army, right? Nor powers. That's part of who? That's part of, look, that's black power. That's white power. That's nuclear power. That's money power. That's presidential power. That's demonic power. Okay, that's voodoo power. All right, because people try to spit that voodoo on you. That's tarot card power. Can't nobody put no cards down and say, this is what I saw about you. The devil is alive. It says, nor power, nor things present. That means nothing in this earth right now, nor things to come. Watch this now. Watch verse, verse 39. Nor height, nor depth. Now, this is where you ought to shout, because I like this verse. This part said, nor any other creature. So who is that? That's Satan right there. All right, he didn't already identify the prince, the powers, and all. He said, but in case y'all miss it, any other creature shall be able to do what? From what? From the love of God. Don't matter what Satan say, he will never be able to trick me because you cannot take me from the hands of God. I'm covered, I'm sealed, I'm sanctified, I've been glorified, I've been justified, and that's why I shout like I'm crazy because can't nobody do me like Jesus. And you got to get to a point where you get excited about your salvation. I'm saying, it don't matter. Look, when I die, I know I'm sealed already. When I leave this world, I'm going to sleep, and I'm going to wait for God to wake me up. You heard me? And when that trumpet sounds, I'm getting up, and I'm going to put on some new clothes. I got a glorified body. I ain't going to have this old rickety split body I got right now. That's got aches and pains and cuts and holes in my teeth and can't see without my glasses, and my hearing ain't too good, and my hair fall out every day. I ain't got to worry about that no more. I got a new body coming. And that's why we shout. So it don't say take your best shot, you're not going to win. And you got to get to that point. You got to make sure that you keep renewing your mind. When you keep renewing your mind, 
no matter how many times he attack you, you'll always win. So here's my challenge to you. We got to quit. Here's my challenge to you. My challenge to you is get you three or four scriptures that you can start speaking daily. Okay? Three or four scriptures that you can start speaking daily so that they get in your spirit. So in your time of challenge, you can rely on those scriptures. Okay? For any time of trouble, he shall hide me. In the secret of his pavilion shall he hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in the time of trouble. The Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies, came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumble and fail. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He making me the line. Get you some scriptures that when you're having a rough day, them scriptures will prop you back up. And remind you, this is the promise from God. Now, let me give you this other assignment. When you come to church Sunday, bring somebody with you. Okay? Let's set chairs out in the aisle Sunday. Because we're doing our evangelistic job. All right? Now, call somebody. Call a church and say, look, the Reverend gave us an assignment. And you're going to help me by bringing somebody. I'm going to bring somebody and you bring somebody. All right? Now, watch a move of God when we set chairs out in there. Watch God save souls like you've never seen before. It's up to us. All right? All right. Hey, I hope that you have uh, gotten some information and inspiration from what we've done on today. Again, thank again, Reverend Tatum and Deacon Yancey. And uh, again, Deacon James R. York for being in the pulpit. And, and again, we got Deacon Carlos Stewart. Uh, waiting as well. Uh, again, thank all of you for tuning in uh, today. God be praised for using this message, this lesson to help us learn better. And remember, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Do you actually believe that? And if you believe that, come on, stand to your feet and just give God your best praise. Amen. Amen. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, and we are thankful to God again for all of you that have stuck with us on today. God be praised. We'll see you in prayer service on Friday. Take care.